Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. We're live, everybody, except not if you're listening to this as a podcast, but we are recording live. Well, we always record live. It's the only way to do it. But in front of other people. We're doing it in front of other people. So, uh, and uh, joining us as uh, so often is uh, the, the one, the only Calvin Dyson. Yes, hello. I have not had a haircut. I have not had that privilege. <laughs> you look you look like when you were uh, at university with your yeah. fringe. Yeah, 2011 looks like came second to last in a Justin Bieber lookalike competition. <laughs> that kind of look. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and joining us as our host today, uh, as she has joined us many times before, and indeed hosted us for the last live episode we did, it's Emily Slade. It's me, also non-haircut, and I had a pixie at the beginning of lockdown, and now I have, like, hair. Uh, Yes, and so if you're not watching the video of this, obviously you won't be able to enjoy the delights of our hairstyles. Um, (laughs) So we have got some people listening in, some of the usual uh, rogues. Tom Patton has gone missing, as I can see. We've got (laughs) Tom Lloyd, Peter McCormack is here, hello. I recognise so many people, Judy, Barney... George, hello. Uh, Grace is here. She's not showing herself. She's ashamed. Uh, some other people are Wilco. But thank you for joining us. This week, because it's a live episode, we didn't want to put too much stress on ourselves with watching a, a real film. We, <laughs> a good film. We watched... Uh, <laughs> not to give my feelings away. We watched uh, a brand new release just out on Netflix called Eurovision... What's the, what's the subtitle? Anyone? Eurovision, Eurovision. Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. The story of Fire Saga, a fiction. I hate that name. It is a terrible name. Isn't it? Saga sounds like story, so every time it's it's like the I want to say the saga of fire story and. The, uh, uh. It's also a really good take on kind of like Eurovision band names as well. Like it is sort of going, which I guess you, I know Alan and Saul are probably not going to be that familiar with the whole concept of Eurovision itself. So yeah, you're playing Emily obviously as the type. Well, yeah. I mean, I, if, if anyone here has no interest in in uh, Eurovision or the movie. Um, do you want to come visit me on Animal Crossing on my island? I'm going to get that up on the go. Okay. You guys can talk about the film. I'll, I'll give out my dodo code. We can go to my little Evil Dead house replica. It'll be great fun. God. Why, why did we choose this film? Sol, you, you seem to know how to justify this. Well, you chose it. I was like, should we do something... Oh, did he? I was like, I'm not even surprised. I was like, should we do something people want to talk about? Like, Inception. And Alan was like, no, let's do Eurovision because it's coming out. And and to be fair, there's there's three reasons, I think. Alan's in it, number one. We'll be talking about that. What? Uh, <laughs> there's barely anything to spot talk him? about. Alan's actually in the Did film. Did you blink? Very noticeably, is. Yeah. No, he is Not very noticeably at all. But I did work no, on it and I was on the, the set for two weeks. So uh, I'll be able to share some anecdotes for you. Are nice. you actually yeah. on camera? Like yeah, br- very briefly in the background. He yeah. basically touches Will Ferrell's I did touch leg, Will Ferrell. doesn't touch the yeah. hem of his garment, and I was not blind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, um, so that's one one reason. Another is Pierce Brosnan's in it, so mm-hmm. that's Calvin Dyson points. And I have a personal anecdote and... regarding Pierce Brosnan's. Uh... <laughs> I'm very excited! I'm just gonna write. <laughs> yeah, what's your anecdote, Sol? <laughs> what did you and Rachel McAdams get up to? <laughs> 
George Lowe says the only thing that kept him going whilst watching this movie was trying to spot Alan. <laughs> well, George isn't a fan either. Maybe I'm. Have you've seen it, haven't you? Oh, well, like, it's you... going to be you and me, Calvin, against the world. All oh, right. Don't you worry. Good, Don't good. you worry. And okay, like, no, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, like they mentioned it, and I was like, oh, okay. And my sister had already said, like, oh, have you seen it? I really enjoyed it. And I was like, did you though? And then I watched it. <laughs> now I'm on your side. Well, that's the thing. Like, th- this film was getting horrific reviews up until you know, as it was released, and like every, you know, it was like Guardian, very snide reviews. BBC, all these things were being oh, very like, God, oh, one and very two snide Guardian, very <laughs> snide. But it was all like one and two star things, and I, I had my parents visiting. Uh, and we just wanted to watch like a crowd pleasing, you know, thing. And they suggested that, and I was like, "Oh God, are we going to have to watch this because it's going to be terrible?" And then we watched it and had a good Absolutely. time with it. And like, I'd be interested to see what the Guardian said about Mamma Mia too. Here we go again because it's the same vibe. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's the same vibe as Mamma Mia too. Okay, that's the but like we're looking it's at. a fair enough vibe. It, it has a place in the world and it has an audience. It very clearly has an audience. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you haven't seen the film, basically it's the story of an Icelandic duo who go to the Eurovision Song Contest and Will Ferrell plays the main character. It's always been his dream to go to Eurovision. That's about it, really. It's a bit of a love story in there. But it is an official like Eurovision thing. Um, it's been made with the consent and cooperation of Eurovision. Uh, the official whatever that whoever runs that um so it is very much a kind of love story to eurovision in some ways and a celebration of all that nonsense that it does i was reading that will ferrell or ferrell will ferrell is a um big fan of of uh eurovision apparently his wife's swedish and that sort of got him into it and so I kind of got the impression. Uh, he 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 went to yeah. one of the live finals. He talks about it with Graham Norton every time he's on. Like he's a massive, massive fan. Huh. So this film clearly came from like a, a real love and respect of what Eurovision is, which is part of the reason I really loved it, and I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people hated it because they were sort of signing up to be like, oh yeah, let's dick on Eurovision because what a piece of shit that is. I don't like those people. I think those people are stupid. But um, that that seemed to be the general consensus that people wanted it to be more piss takey rather than like a love a love letter. Well, I think perhaps the problem with Eurovision is it's it's unsatirable <laughs> because it's completely ridiculous and it knows it's ridiculous and it embraces it. I mean that's why they've made a Wilf Hell film. So obviously they know exactly what they're getting, but. Uh, yeah, you can't take the piss out of Eurovision. Like, what What are you going to take the piss out of? They they embrace it mm-hmm. all. Yeah, I mean, it, it struck me as a really odd film in that regard. But I suppose it makes more sense if if you know there's an official body like, uh, well, Eurovision making, approving their choices and what have you. Because the the main thing that really struck me as weird was the lack of an American presence. Um, there There are a couple of characters that, like some American tourists who appear very briefly, but well, they're there for Will Ferrell to take the piss out of America. Yeah, that's basically you know, on... the whole purpose of them. Yeah, but the obvious thing to do with this, from an American point of view, would be, hey guys, America's just been accepted into the Eurovision Song Contest, and now we need someone to go and represent America. And I, um... You have the whole fish out of maybe water there was thing, just or... there's no 
there's no avenue for this in America, so let's not bother at all. We'll aim it at the US. And I, yeah. think that, I think that would have sucked. I think that would have meant it would have come from a very mean-spirited... It would have been entirely piss-takey because it would have, the main character would have just spent the whole time going, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? What the fuck's happening over there? And, like, that's not fun. That's, like, cruel. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree. Because at the end, I... they come round to it and they and they go, wow. But I've, only after I've an hour of, like, wacky... dicking on it. Yeah, which is exactly why I think they had those American tourists in there and they had the kind of anti-American jokes in there. Um, because I think there was going to be a perception that Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams and everyone are coming over to Europe to be snide about this this established thing. And I think they wanted to kind of poke fun at Americans as well, so that it was like, oh no, look, we're poking fun at everyone. This isn't like a mean-spirited mm-hmm. thing. We have these characters here uh, to make fun of. I think that's why they were in the film. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that they didn't just play Americans. I'm glad that they played Icelandic people. I thought that that was yeah. quite sweet. Ice face. Mm-hmm. That's what we call it. Uh, when <laughs> oh, perfectly good Icelandic actors who could have played those roles. I don't yeah. know any of them. But, you know. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was prepared to not like it because I don't like when Will Ferrell does his like um, man baby thing. What every film he's ever yeah, made, you mean? But like Anchorman. Anchorman two. Oh, she's paused. Hang on, she's frozen. <laughs> Trying to remember oh, another yeah, film with Will Ferrell. Step Brothers, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock. Yeah, no, it's Anchorman. Anchorman's a good movie with Will Ferrell playing a good character. Every other Will Ferrell character can probably just stop. Look, we we discussed this. I don't know if we did it on a proper episode. Did we do a Diminisode on Holmes and Watson, or did we do a full thing? We we did, but it was one of the weird early ones before we launched a Patreon, where we just sort of put it out to the world on our. SoundCloud, but I don't think it went out. Oh, uh, really? Feed. So we, it is there but, if you haven't listened to it. I know Sol and I have definitely discussed Will Ferrell a few times, and basically the idea that Will Ferrell's made the same film for the last 20 years, and it does just start to get old after a while. <laughs> as much yeah, as I like him, actually. I like generally he's, what he does. He's not just doing that, though, is he? he he's making the same film in between interesting kind yeah. of projects that... Uh, yeah, but they're never good interesting either, though. Mm, like him making a Spanish not. soap opera film, not... <laughs> T dot 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 thinks that Holmes and Watson was better than Eurovision, but from the little I know of Holmes and Watson, I, I have to I have to disagree. Nothing is worse than Holmes and Watson. I, <laughs> I've I seen might Holmes and Watson. agree with that, honestly. And you know what I would say up front is Holmes and Watson had a much, much better song in it than anything in Eurovision. No. Saul loves the song in Holmes and Watson and then built his opinion of the film around the song. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this song. And why does it seem less than right that Watson's going to hang tonight and gasp and thrash and choke until he's dead? What is this strange sensation? Where did I go wrong? Why am I a sobbing, trembling Soon man? Soon my neck will snap in half, and yet I, I know somehow. And yet if he could hear right, right now, I would still forgive him. More or less. Alan Menken wrote a song, a full-blown oh, musical go. number, in the middle of Holmes and Watson, and it's quite a good song. Mm. Whereas Eurovision doesn't really have any, like, it's just got a load of songs that kind of sound like they could be real Eurovision songs, and therefore are Yeah, and that's... That, what do you mean, no? Yeah. 
What? They covered like every kind of Eurovision song, which was really nice because you do have your soppy ballads and then you've got your big pop like Conchita verse sort of numbers. And then you've got the sort of like, they had even they even had like a hard rock one in there from that Finnish group that Lordy. won like years ago. Lordy, Lordy with Lordy. Hard Rock Hallelujah. Yeah. Hard Rock Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> oh my, like, yeah. come on, like even beyond, because I said a bunch to my friend this evening and she was like, yeah, they're, they're good, they're, they're really good parody Eurovision songs. And I was like, everyone, they are just good songs. They're not parodies. That, that well, is, I was going to say, they're the not. They're, there's... they're not. Yeah, if you just played me those songs and said they're from Eurovision, I'd go, yeah, okay. Like, it wouldn't even occur to me that they're fake. The band playing the band representing Finland is a real band playing one of their actual songs just mixed in. And they're a British band, from what I can gather, so I'm not quite sure why they were representing Finland but there was a weird kind of just on the nationality thing I don't know if this is going a bit off topic but it was like like in the in the end credits for example when they when they have the actors names come up they have a little flag from where the actor is mm-hmm. so Will Ferrell obviously American Rachel McAdams Canadian I was like oh this is nice we're gonna see where everyone comes from and it was like oh America mm. Canada UK Ireland Ireland <laughs> that's about it oh Ireland <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ireland. Pierce Brosnan got his dual nationality yes, with nice. American and Ireland on one side and I was surprised that there weren't more there were cameos in there um so Sol and Alan probably didn't notice, but there were cameos from former Eurovision contestants what, and really winners. really egregious sing-along bit in the middle? <laughs> I love that. I was that. gonna say, uh, like, that was there was this horrible didn't... sequence where it was like, who, who on earth are all these people? Oh, they must yeah, be Eurovision Yeah, like, people. the yeah, camera okay. is literally, like, flashing, like, these are Eurovision singers, like, even if you don't know <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, when the woman who sang Toy and won a couple years back Netta. walked out of that car singing Tonight's mm. Gonna Be A Good Night. I lost it. I was like, this is, <laughs> this was already so, I, this is so much fun. Like, this is so much fun. Yeah. Like, especially if you know who those people are. Like, I asked my sister, yeah. I knew there was Eurovision cameos in them. And before I watched it, I was like, did you spot any Eurovision singers? And she went, yes. And I was like, okay, so Conchita <laughs> must be in it. Like, that's obvious. Yeah. Um, It was a joy. Well, that's it. It feels like a Eurovision promo that got out of hand and they accidentally made a two-hour film. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, when I sat down and saw that it was two hours before I pressed play, I was like, oh no, this is not going to be... 50 minutes too two long. Hours. Is what it it was. was not I, 50 I it breezed along. minutes. I, I, yeah, to, at I, the end of the day, I was satisfied with it and I when I thought yeah. about it I was like they could have shaved 15 minutes off I guess but like for the story for the story they've got you could do it in a 20 minute short so yeah it's predictable it but it was extremely basic storytelling well, I yeah, guess, but all, well. they all are these Will Ferrell films it's like they have that very loose basic structure and then he improvises and gets people exactly to sort of react exactly and, and, and this made. film was that without any of the improv. Normally Will Ferrell's allowed off the chain to improv for hours and hours and they whittle it down to five minutes that are hopefully vaguely funny. This felt quite tightly scripted. What? But no, the no, jokes no. were... Oh, I got sorry. so... <laughs> no, I got, <laughs> I, wow, Impressive. I got so carried away with your erroneous comment there. I knew I lost my camera. It's like that time when he tipped over a chair in university. <laughs> No one seemed like they were having fun riffing on set. And and you've got the both Dimitrius in there and people who were, you know. This is, I made a note here, like, just will Hollywood and Will Ferrell and Apatow and all them learn, like, make a script and fucking stick to it, or at least use the script. And if you're going to riff on it, then edit it down. It's Or be but funny with it. But this is the problem, is, is Apatow can do it. 
And I don't think the guy who directed this, who's one major credit, David Dobkin, who's one major credit before this is Wedding Crashes, which again is not a oh, he's done a couple of blatantly improv heavy film. That was a I while don't... ago as well. That yeah, I, I don't have a problem with Wedding Crashes, but it's not it's not a classic Will Ferrell style comedy, although he is in it. Um, it's it's a very different kind of humor, and I I don't know. This felt like it should have been an Adam McKay film or someone of that ilk hmm. who is willing to get the Lonely Island in for a song and then, you know, whoever else, Maya Rudolph or someone who's going to come and do a funny song for a minute. But instead, like, we barely really see any song. And Eurovision, you want, like, it should be, a, you know, a breadth away from being a musical. It should be, here's a funny song, yeah. here's a funny song. I disagree. They're not funny songs. They're not funny songs. And like, they were doing a wonderful, like, they were doing a wonderful evening of Eurovision. You sit down and watch Eurovision. That's two hours too long a lot of the times. And 40% of the songs often are time to go get a fucking another bottle of wine, time to go open a bag of crisps. Because a country will come (laughs) on and they'll start singing and you'll be like, what the fuck is this? What, like, where's Greece with alcohol is free? Like, Come on, bring on a good one. And this movie was doing snippets of, like, a highlights reel of, like, what you can... It was almost like a a promo trailer for Eurovision. It was like, here's the kind of thing you can Mm. expect. And that was fun. Is there not a highlights reel of every Eurovision that's ever happened, if you want to watch that anyway? I, I... I mean, obviously, like I should say it now, I'm coming from a real place of ignorance with Eurovision. I think I've watched it a bit of it once ever it's not something that <laughs> i don't have a problem with it but it doesn't do you remember what year me. it was um 2000 and i don't know somewhere between 2012 and 2000 and maybe 14 okay but Sol, mm. did you just speaking of graham norton there uh Sol, yeah did you think that Graham Norton reminded you of Calvin? Because it really <laughs> it jumped out at me. I think it was because it's like his Bond... Sorry, I'm talking as if you're not here, Calvin. It's like his Bond videos where it's like there's a bit of a clip and then it cuts yeah, to him okay, and he yeah, makes a snarky yeah, comment yeah. and then it goes back. And then, I mean it in a very positive way, Calvin. My mum was watching one of my videos in the in the house uh, where, where they live um, not uh, this week, and she was on the phone with me, and she said, I was listening to one of your videos while I was uh, doing the washing up, and my stepdad walked in, and he said, who are you listening to? Is that Graham Norton? And I'm like, you don't even sound Irish. I don't understand. No, I didn't mean you sounded like him. No. Uh, maybe. I, I thought Graham Norton was a real... I don't think he did the film any favours for me because it just kept reminding me of Father Ted, who've obviously done <laughs> a vastly oh, yeah. superior <clears throat> Eurovision satire or loving odes to it. I want to shower with sugar lumps We have to lose that sax solo. A 
that's what that is. Someone in the comments says my lovely horse is a banger, and I was like, I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Father Father Ted absolutely nailed it, really, and that was a loving ode to Eurovision. It was, you know, it certainly wasn't making fun of it so much as it was making fun of the, you know, politics surrounding it and the characters mm. involved. And obviously Graham Graham Norton was mm. in Father Ted twice, mm. so that's the dots that my brain was connecting. Mm. Um, can we can we attempt to? Because I realise we're kind of jumping around here. Do you want to kind of work through it a bit? In sure. A yeah, yeah. That's probably why. Vaguely chronological yeah, way, just because my notes through. are all written out lovely on this. Piece yeah, of paper. yeah. Go on then, Sol. You guide us. Guide us through the film. <laughs> okay, so. Do we open on Volcano Man? We do. Well, later? there's a like prologue where they're mm. children mm. and he dances mm. to Waterloo after ah, his mum's yes. died. Mm. And um, young Pierce Brosnan is uh, is there. I don't know if they just dyed his hair or whatever. Like he has aged very well. I agree yeah. with Tom. He's like fine yeah. wine. So I couldn't tell if they'd like done some kind of digital thing or if he'd just like dyed his hair mm. and beard and that was it. But uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently his Icelandic is horrific in that uh, his pronunciation and everything I wouldn't know I've got you know I, but yeah I can assume <laughs> it was like James Bond trying to speak German <laughs> also they're they're breaking the law because they're drinking beer and at that time uh, in Iceland beer had been banned so no in 1970s, beer was illegal in Iceland. I was wondering initially how many of the actors were legitimate Icelandic actors because mm. I didn't recognise anyone and I, I was expecting to just see, with this being a Will Ferrell movie, I was expecting to just see, oh look, there's um, Paul F. Tompkins for 10 mm. seconds and oh, here's Jonah Hill for a minute. And, you know, I just, it, I thought it was going to be that kind of thing. I know at least one of the um, actors, sorry to interrupt, but one of the actors, the guy who's like the minister or something and then he turns out to be a villain later I on. I love him. Yeah. He's in sex education and yeah. he is the best. And I, yep, I, I, I adore him and I want to marry him. That's what I have to say <laughs> about that. I was going to say about him because uh, I when when I first saw him I was like oh he must be Icelandic then if he's here but no apparently he's Swedish so I think they did a lot of sort of Scandi casting yeah um, it's all the same isn't it but I think they did they did make it they did seem to go for Europeans at least which is a yes, good start yeah. <laughs> well I guess yeah. it, sort of... but presumably presumably this has been paid in some way th from Europe do you know what I mean I know Netflix has been involved somehow mm. but. I think it's probably been made with European money, and mm -hmm. so part of the agreement is like, oh, you film in Europe, use European actors or whatever. Like, I, I yeah. assume it's all yeah. part of the deal. Mm. Yeah, I, I did recognize one guy who's called Thomas Lemakis. I, I'm sure I'm absolutely just not pronouncing that remotely yep. close to accurately, but I recognized him because he is in X Men Apocalypse. Is it? He plays Steve Merchant's character from Logan. Was he like in Pierce Brosnan's house at the start? Is this still in the flashback? No, he, he's on the committee, the Eurovision committee. Uh, okay. Yeah. Him and a woman with a very um severe Blonde. haircut. Yeah. Mm. I love um, him. But he was the only person I recognised. I've definitely seen him in a few things. Hmm. Um Okay, what well, basically is set up yeah, we see them as kids and then we jump forty five years into the Volcano future. Man. Uh, to uh to yeah, them doing which, a kind of music video, which would make Rachel McAdams a lot older than she appears. The characters to be. should be in their early fifties. Yeah, that's yeah. according to the dates. Unless this is set in like two thousand seven or something. 
Should they? I don't know about yeah. that because I mean, I, uh, to be honest, I was surprised that Pierce Brosnan was pe- playing Will Ferrell's dad. Like, and then I was like, oh no, actually, I yeah. guess how old is Will Ferrell? He's like late fifteen years his senior, I believe. Well, fifteen years Pierce 50. Brosnan's senior. No, Pierce oh, Brosnan no, is no. fifteen years. <laughs> oh right, okay. Will Ferrell's senior. Okay, that uh, makes sense. Yeah, but Rachel McAdams is probably a similar age. She'll be about mid forties now. Is she? 41, okay. I think she's 11 years younger than Will Ferrell, which is not a Oof. crazy age gap, but... Mm. But, like, you could argue that they're, they're 40 and Will Ferrell's play younger, but they it's spe- very specifically 1974 in that first thing. He's, yeah. what, eight? Mm. She's six or something? You know, it's like... Mm. It's, they're 50. <laughs> like, you can't really <laughs> do anything about that, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Did you think this film was weirdly shot? Or is that just me? Yes, I did. Not weirdly exactly, but just... I My my girlfriend, I think, summed it up really nicely, uh, who I was watching it with. She said it's the most HD film I think I've ever seen. It, it seemed like it was filmed on... I, I don't know. It, it was more when they were in natural lighting outdoors. It just seems so De- hyper-crisp. Like Digital, it was, yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. it felt... It very definitely felt like TV rather than film. But it reminded me of watching The Hobbit in in high frame rate. Well, I, I, I guess it. I mean, when you're used to seeing Will Ferrell, you probably are used to seeing him with that sort of more filmic look. Uh, you know, in, in a Filted. film that's been shot for you. Well, you know, like um, actually filmed on film stock or you know um, treated as such and seen in a cinema that. and that kind of stuff. But I don't think Adam McKay's made a movie on film stock. It, it's all about it's born. Will Ferrell comedy is born out of digital. We can just leave the camera running for twenty takes. Yeah. And don't have to worry about the. But there is there is still a way of shooting a film that that looks cinematic as opposed to shooting a mm. film for television, mm. and often that's a criticism that people make of like Game of Thrones, yeah. for example, because they were shooting Ooh. that with feature film quality, which looks really good with... when you're in an edit suite and in a HBO like screening room. But when you're actually yeah. trying to stream it on your computer at like twelve a.m. or whatever, it's uh, it's not exactly the same effect. Would you like to know one of the only big laugh out loud jokes in the film for me? Okay. Is it at the beginning? No, it's it's a tangent relevant to this because it's when the American guy comes up to him at a fountain and goes, "Do you know if this is where they shot GOT?" And and I really laughed at that. But then I looked it up and it actually is a filming location from Game of Thrones yeah. and I only found it funny because oh, really? I thought it wasn't yeah. Edinburgh. Apparently it's one of the castles in I don't know if that fountain specifically, oh. but yeah, apparently it's some castle they shot at in Edinburgh or Oh, I thought they just shot over in Ireland. Huh. I mean, most of what I've seen of, of Game of Thrones so far, I'm working my way through it. I'm on episode six or something. Um most of it was shot where I went on holiday last year in uh, <laughs> Croatia, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's Game of Thrones. But yeah, that was one of the only points I laughed at. And I mean, what? that's like, what, 45 minutes into the film? An hour Get out of here. Like, like okay. I will say, like, the one thing I did write first was I think there was room for more jokes here. I think they had the ability to make it a little bit. There was an opportunity for them to just throw in a couple more jokes. But I still found it very funny and But do you think they were really going for a kind of high comedy here? I think this is just no. a basic mm. romantic comedy. Yeah. Comedy was not... I think because it's Will Ferrell you think comedy, but mm. they were really I downplaying think that's, it. that's my issue yeah. with it. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. Why I think I liked David it. Dobkin <laughs> wanted to make quite a light sort of rom-com, like you say. Yeah. And I was expecting more of a comedy showcase and, and yeah. the thing is though that tonally it could have been this kind of 
lighter thing, but then there's still all these elements that are very Will Ferrell comedy, you know? They they keep having, um, what's the character called? Demi Lovato, is it? Her character com- coming back as a ghost, and that's pure so walk hard. Like, they, they have the bit... I really like that. No, because it's so tonally out of place. Well, and when I, it yeah, finally and it just comes came back, to nothing like as well. Film. Which I guess was the joke. And the bit with the elf, the elves at the end, where it turns out. I loved that. that I think... But again, that's pure Will Ferrell movie. I'd expect that in Anchorman or Talladega Nights, yeah. but not in this film that's been fairly set in reality for the most part. It's not. Well, I think the big problem with it is, is that you're trying to make a film. Obviously, they're not going to make an awful lot of money out of this in America, perhaps, where Eurovision is not as big a thing. This needs to sort of travel all throughout Europe, and obviously, comedy like is so different depending on the region and i think will ferrell's style of comedy is maybe a little bit more sort of you know you know if they're dubbing this into other languages it might not necessarily translate so i think that's why the focus of the film is more on the romance side because they are looking at this Mm. okay who's going to be watching this eurovision's really big all over europe um probably bigger in a lot of other european countries than it is even here so i think that's why they've made those decisions and they want to invest you in the love mm. story more than the more than the comedy so the plot is yeah. essentially that this band is shit um even though they seem every bit as good as any other band we see performing the film at any other yeah, point yeah they're not kind but of comically we're repeatedly shit told the they are yeah. shit well, well what we see we see them things go wrong like they fuck up the stagecraft and 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 yeah. that's kind of where they're embarrassing themselves. But the but ultimately, they have to kind of have a song that sounds good. So we have to believe in them in that way, I guess. Even before that, the joke is surely, you know, where they get into the, the Eurovision Song Contest qualifiers because they've got 11 people chosen and they need a 12th entry. And the guy just goes, I'll just pick one out of this box, mm-hmm. just one of the entrants at random. That, you know, we all know who's going to win. It's not going to be any of these guys. So just pick one. And, you know, I I don't think that's how it works, but um, I can ignore that, it's fine. The joke surely is, it's like Mr. Bean the movie, where he's a buffoon who gets hired in to be this museum's diplomat who, who has to look after Whistler's mother. I mean, that's a reference, everyone. It's surely very familiar with. I don't think that a narrative necessarily needs to be a continuous act of surprise or doing something unexpected. I think you can sort of be on a track, but so long as, you know, things like you say, like Rachel McAdams is really funny there. So then they go off to Edinburgh, and I think the most egregious bit of... I've heard there's a lot of inaccuracy in this film regarding how Eurovision works. Like, it really annoyed me this, because they go in the mini mini fridge in Scotland, and there's not a single can of iron brew. Mm. And that would just it'd be Iron Brew, Iron Brew, extra dice. Iron Brew. Yeah. Signed. Yeah. But then the the stadium that they filmed in, I believe, was the Tel Aviv oh, okay. um stage from a previous Eurovision, I think. Yeah, Eurovision was in Israel last year, 2019, 2018 maybe. And they filmed some audience stuff there. And so, yeah, at one of the studios in, in Leesden, they've they recreated the stage. And that's where I was. That's where I was working on the... So why didn't you regale us with that story, Ellen? Because I genuinely want to know. You looked directly down the barrel of the lens. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you talking about? I keep a low profile. So when they first do a rehearsal on the stage, I saw this knobhead sort of like slouching over and I thought, well, that looks a bit like him, but that's definitely not him. And there's like three guys in black and one of the, the one nearest to Will Ferrell, the one that you can really see the full profile of, the one that's looking directly at you, that one's Alan. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, look, the point is I was hired as an extra on on Eurovision and uh, I was hired to be stage security so basically, you know, they've they've got a fake crew for the stage and I was a security guy. Uh, but then that particular mm. day, they were like, oh, we can't see security guys and we need more techies. Put this T-shirt on. So I was a techie for the day. So I was a stagehand. And um, yeah, and so I we were putting the wire on Will Ferrell, obviously not really putting the wire on him because that's not safe. But another couple of days, they threw me in with the audience, like put the bright colored shirt on and like hold this Belarusian flag and, and all that sort of stuff. So they kind of moved us around a bit just to fill in gaps. But for the most part, I was supposed to be security guy. And it was quite good because I was in it, on it for a filming block of about two weeks every day. And like us as the security group, there was about 15 of us as security and stage crew. And because we were just off to the sides, they wanted us there all the time just because they were filming on the stage and they might just pan across and, and see people in the background. Hmm. But ultimately, they knew we weren't going to see us, so they just let us be all day. So we just hung out and messed about all day and didn't do much. And then occasionally, they were like, oh, we need you to come and do this. And uh, and that's why they kept throwing us in the, the audience and stuff. To give you some idea of the slapdashery that was going on in this film, which I, I think is pretty standard for most films, but... I they they had they were trying to figure out what the hell we we're doing with the audience. I I heard overheard one of the crew going to the second AD uh, who helps organize extras, basically going to it about five o'clock in the afternoon and said, "Can we get two hundred more people for tomorrow?" And she was just like, uh, "Let me make some phone calls." <laughs> but like they were on, just on the fly, they were making up as they were going along. It was it was pretty ridiculous. Some things that were going on. But, you know, obviously, wow. pretty standard. Do you know if film. Natasha Dimitri was meant to be in the film? Because it really just seemed like... I wanted more of her! What's the other one called? It really seemed like Staff Let's Flatsman, the, the boy one, had been cast in the film. Then he went, oh, my sister's here, if you want her to pop in. And then... I, I really like Natasha Dimitri. She's, um, she's in the What We Do in the Shadows TV series that's on at the minute, and she's very good in that. She has her own comedy duo as well with another woman. But I, I didn't know who those guys were, but like some of the people I was working with, they recognised them because they're on TV and stuff. So, you know, we thought, oh yeah, they're going to be a big part of the film. Just watch the film and they're kind of introduced as like, oh, they're here to help sh- uh, knock them into shape. And nothing really comes of it. They're totally wasted. Well, she's, yeah, she's barely in it. But like, that's a whole plot point where there's a montage where they're helping them learn the dance moves and they're actually getting good instead of just being rubbish or or they're throwing in ridiculous ideas and they're having to go, oh no, I don't think that'll work or they're having conflict or something. It was a bit annoying that she's she's doing that same Greek accent she brings out for everything I've ever seen her in. And it's like... Is that just her accent? <laughs> no, she's got quite a, quite a posh London voice most of the time i think but she just loves going into a little you know cypria accent i'm basically a really wacky loose cannon you never know where i'm gonna fire off maybe in your face watch out <laughs> um i'm insane in the men's brain absolute typical nutcase you never know even what's gonna come out of my mouth uh amanda 
I mean, I think it. I think it's valid here. You're at Eurovision, and everyone's sort of going like, "Oh yes, darling, let's like do a thing. Like we're doing a." It's thing. just you know, I don't know, because because like I say, I watch her in what we do in the shadows, and she's playing a vampire of of I think nondescript Eastern European origin. Transylvania. Yeah. So she's just doing that voice all the time, and I like it there. And it's just I don't know. It felt like it was infringing upon this better show that I wanted it to leave alone. Um, anyway, Alan ruins his scene by by uh, <laughs> going at the camera it. while <laughs> Will Ferrell's trying to get through. Trying to act. Yeah. <laughs> Look, obviously I saved that scene, so that one was alright. But... <laughs> I completely lost myself in this movie and forgot to rate the songs out of ten, which is ghastly, <laughs> so I'll just go back and do that quickly. Volcano Man is at a nine, and if we count this scene as double trouble, that's a nine as well. In there what we world? Mm. You? Oh my god, my that's absolute <laughs> bullshit. Eurovision world. Volcano double Man. trouble is so good! Double trouble is an absolute banger. You're talking to the person who will die on the hill that is Scooch with flying the flag, so, you know. I, I don't know um, what that means. Yeah. With these kinds of officially sanctioned films, you know, if it's a film based on something and the, you know, it's like the Elton John film, like, oh, what do you know? Elton John comes off <laughs> yeah. pretty well in it. Or Bohemian Rhapsody where, you know, produced by Brian May and it's like, oh, well, Brian May seems <laughs> yeah. like a reasonable, nice man after coming out of that film. And I did kind of think like, oh, is, is this going to be really sort of like stuffy and pompous and Eurovision thinking it's all, but I thought it was really nice that they could poke fun at themselves like that and make fun of the block voting. But that that's it, isn't it? Eurovision knows exactly what it is and what it, its appeal is. Yeah. I don't think it got into that enough. Like, there wasn't a single joke about the fact that Israel blatantly isn't in Europe. You know, if they're going for those... What do you mean Israel? Australia is in Eurovision. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It's just our empire. I don't think it got into that at all. It felt very safe and... But what know. what are they going to say? Oh. They We get... it made choices that were not safe, but you think they're safe because they're not the choices that are usually made. For example, Dan Stevens playing George Michael from Russia. Mwah! (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That's quite safe. After Disney made a bajillion dollars off of that Beauty and the Beast remake. No! It's like, oh yeah, lots of women quite fancy Dan Stevens. We can he's a legitimate <laughs> sex symbol now. He's got some music chops, even though we're not gonna make him sing, we're gonna dub him in with someone. That was an odd choice. Mm. When you sing in a movie or a piece of media, when you're a singer and you have a song and blah blah blah, singing means sex. If they like your singing voice, it means they want to have sex with you. That's usually what happens in the movies. Um... Will Ferrell keeps his actual singing voice and Rachel McAdams doesn't. Because I liked that choice as well. I'm so sick of them casting actors who can't fucking sing for shit. Like, get a professional singer in. Like, it's singing in the goddamn rain and let's hear some decent songs Mm -hmm. sang beautifully by professional artists. But again, Will Ferrell... (laughs) Yeah, and it's pure sex. Pure sex when he sings. Where the mountains sing through the screams of seagulls Where the world can live cause they're gentle people In my hometown My hometown Where the northern 
I mean, maybe there is vanity in it because it is a Will Ferrell movie and maybe he wants to do that. But also, like, she is the one, you know, the, she she has the show-stopping number mm-hmm. that, like, chains heart, changes hearts and minds and all that kind of stuff. And if it had just been Rachel McAdams, it's like Kristen Bell doing her own singing in Frozen. It's like, okay, you can just about get through this, but you're not yeah. blowing anyone away. And I agree with Emily so much. I think that part of the death of the movie musical has been the... They just cast actors for the sake of casting a big name as opposed to someone with an actually good voice. Yeah, but there's an easy fix for this, which is you you don't let Will Ferrell play the lead. You get John C. Riley in. But then Boom. the movie wouldn't Solved. exist. Do you know what I mean? I think John C. Riley is much more bankable than Will Ferrell. Now. The worst thing about this movie is that Will Ferrell had to be in it. But there was enough going... Mm. There was enough oh, in wait. this movie that you could just be like, okay, he's doing his thing. He's got the odd funny line. I'll give him that. I'm not sure he has. Um, well, you then, then there's that uh, terrible montage that's just like a load of famous people, and it was like, okay, this must be all the Eurovision did you people. I did recognize. Genuinely, not even uh, get like a pitch perfect vibe enjoyment out of just a bunch of people coming together and doing a you, remix. You just put the words pitch perfect and enjoyment in the same sentence there. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I don't know why I talk to you guys so often. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. It, it it just felt so egregious and like I just but I to be honest what I thought was I know why they're doing this and I also know why this film isn't made for me. There so. there was a brief moment where a woman showed up and sang um I think it was Do You Believe in Life After Love and for a second I was like is that Cher? <laughs> she she looks about twenty years too young but I know she's had a lot of work done so I, I couldn't I genuinely couldn't tell. I mean, maybe this speaks to something about Eurovision I don't get, but, like, they go out on stage, they give a pretty reasonable performance, although they kind of fall over at the end and embarrass themselves. Then everyone everyone in Iceland is like, well, that was the worst performance I've ever seen. Graham Norton is openly disparaging, like, well, well, that was absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and... Graham Linehan. And then, and then they start getting loads of third and second... In first place would you, if you'd have watched in the, in the two voting. people nearly so die people on stage would you not vote for them <laughs> Ex- yeah, yeah i would I mean, but then i don't buy that everyone in iceland would be going this is the worst thing i've ever seen sorry about that guys and i don't buy that graham I mean, norton would be there going well what a load of shit i think he'd be going much well, obviously, you know, we've obviously thing, never but... seen graham norton doing your really? then because that's <laughs> no, what I haven't, I haven't. yeah is no that, that that's like? that's his whole shtick yeah. his whole shtick is that he does kind of take the piss out of it and sort of make disparaging comments a few years ago there was a stage invasion for the british entry yeah. emily might remember this and there was a moment it wasn't anything like that it was someone like ran up grabbed the microphone from her and um, she couldn't yeah sing a song for uh, about 20 seconds or something and then she picked up the microphone and went straight on but that was a bit of drama and there was kind of collective sort of like gasps of just like because you just don't expect something like that so if something like that did happen and the pyrotechnics completely failed and you know this terrible thing happened I think there would be sort of stunned silence and I and I get that Rachel McAdams character would feel quite embarrassed about that because obviously you want it to be you know this perfect choreographed thing and you know they're, they're certainly naive characters and I think they don't they don't think of it as like oh well we did half a good performance and then at least we're going to be memorable uh i thought it that was makes yeah, sense to me yeah it nicely, goes, goes totally tits up but people are like hey yeah. eurovision <laughs> hey, yeah we've got vote for the stupid one yay that's what they do you've got to remember Saul. this is um or a lot of the or it's like a public vote half of it is a public vote 
Oh, really? So it is okay. just, there's no kind of yeah, consensus right. of like, what's like, good music or not. And I think if your sort of um, criticisms are that like they didn't shit on Eurovision enough or that there was too many like random Eurovision stuff happening... That's, That's something you keep defending against, but I don't think it's really something we've been saying. It's not yeah. that we need it to really make offensive. fun of Eurovision no, but... more. It's that we need it to be funny or yeah, but you're, you're in some way different from cut reality. all of the bits that are Eurovision. No, I'm not. I'm saying cut all the bits that are <laughs> not funny or cut it because it's poor story structure it's like <laughs> yeah, this big exactly. chunk that's not telling us anything new it's not adding anything but I liked and i it. think that's what I, that's what i'm saying there's there's <laughs> not a lot it. of story going on here and it's padded out with a lot of other stuff and you like it because you're just like hey it's like i'm watching eurovision yay yeah. it's been it's not been allowed to go on this year so i needed this yeah i mean i'm not i'm not really disputing it to be honest with you i just yeah, it's not for me, I suppose. And obviously it works for its target audience. Absolutely, I would say so. It's so heavily implied that Piers Brosnan like sleeps mm. with everyone in this town because he's Piers Brosnan and, and like literally he's related to everyone yeah. in this town and he's the only son that is still living with him and doesn't have a job yeah. and just has these stupid dreams and is like I completely got it and I like I accepted it and I was like, fine. I don't think that's like yeah. a Pierce Brosnan joke so much as just an Iceland joke, though. I mean, it, Iceland's known for struggling with incest. They, they, it it's such a small quote, population in Iceland. Gen- no, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely. There goes our Icelandic audience. When you say struggling with incest, you don't mean they're all trying to do it. You mean there's such a small population, it's hard to avoid your cousins. No, yeah, it's such a small population. They have an app like tinder and things that basically if you meet someone in a bar on a night out or whatever you kind of scan your app together and it checks your family lineage and it goes right you might be second cousins hmm. and that's a thing maybe it does stem from that but i think it was because will Ferrell constantly refers to pierce brosnan being handsome and it's constantly like you know a couple of people say like pierce wasn't slept with every woman in this town and all of these children are his and someone in the yeah, pub I says think someone in the pub says like the... oh you know half the kids in this town are yours and he just kind of goes Meh. yeah <laughs> 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 yeah well you know <laughs> pierce Brosnan. that final performance of her singing my hometown honestly you guys like i was crying again and i do every time i hear that song which i have immediately i immediately downloaded the soundtrack and when i heard that song i immediately downloaded you... the karaoke mp3 for that particular song and i said can, can i ask can i ask I, was, like, I heard the first line and i was like oh my god it's this is the oh do you cry at the christmas uh john lewis ads every no week? i hate them <laughs> i genuinely hate them i'm a complex person oh, with that's layers. Good. you can stay then okay good <laughs> like an ogre <laughs> <laughs> Peter's asked in the comments that he'd like to see an episode where you and I, Alan, defend a film that Emily doesn't like. <laughs> um, so I was wondering if we could figure out what that we would be. I know you're not a big fan of Grizzly Man, are you, Emily? That, that's come up before. No, I don't like Grizzly Man. <laughs> I'll go to bat for Grizzly Man. How can you not like Grizzly Man? That's I think not to Werner like. Herzog. All right, here we go. We're doing it. We're doing it. Werner Herzog edits it in a very unfair way. He chooses, as with all documentaries, he chooses that narrative, and I don't agree with the narrative that he chose to tell with that footage that he had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a big. I, I can't remember the guy's name. What's his name? Tim something. Timothy something. Treadwell. He... Timothy Treadwell. Timothy Treadwell. That's it. <laughs> do you do you think the raw footage is out there of Timothy Treadwell talking to bears? Because I I would love to watch that and sort of compare <laughs> it to the so. edited together version. Because my my feeling is that 
Herzog probably just plays the footage as it is. But it, but in what it, it, order? That film really feels like. Why are you talking about Because <laughs> I'm bored of Europe. <laughs> Don't you think it feels like if, if someone went into the archive of Chris Chandler videos and just put a load of them together, it wouldn't be a flattering documentary, but it's, I don't know, is it the person's fault who's putting yes, together? Yes, because it's just he, kind of... he specifically creates this narrative that makes you watch this poor guy go crazier and crazier and crazier until he is inevitably eaten by bears. But I don't think it was as simple as that. And I think there was a lot of factors that he didn't make room for in this documentary. And it was just a very unfair... I think if I died because of, like, something crazy, like I was eaten by bears because I hang out with them every summer... We would and then absolutely you... put that out as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. This is the elephant in the room. Wait, what's a Werner Herzog uh, thing? This is the elephant. Yeah, there it is. You must destroy it. Uh, otherwise, it will drive you crazy. You must, you must destroy the tape. Sold is a good one. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta go with big words, don't you? Uh, Eurovision is a celebration of the futility of man's soul's desire <laughs> to escape from the harness of its body. <laughs> <laughs> Who who do you think we should enter next year? I think we should get Billie Eilish because she's just knocking it out of the park now. Apparently, England should just be putting Scooch in every year. We pay for it. We never have I don't to audition. Know what Scooch, is. Scooch flying we the flag. We paid for Scooch. We want some. They were shit back from steps. What Scooch, Scooch is like poor man's steps. Can we hire Abba? They they're split up. You can hire Benny and Bjorn. Yeah, they go back together for an album. Hasn't last Robbie year, Williams they? like tried to do it a couple of times? <laughs> but this, the thing, there ain't no British artist is going to do it because they know they won't get any points. It doesn't matter how good you are at this particular time in history. So, so no good artists are doing it. It's just someone who's like young and will happy for the attention. Mm. Should we do it? Should we? Should we put a diminishing returns song together? Do it. I think yes. we're at Eurovision's level. Piff paff puff. <laughs> all right i think um i had to check up because i recently got letterboxed uh which is like <laughs> is a that, movie a review thing? app <laughs> uh and i think eurovision was the first film i rated uh wait a minute i genuinely don't know what letterboxed means alan alan i want to hear i want to hear your your take on what that sex act would be you'd have to be behind a door <laughs> I guess it's just a sort of strangely shaped glory hole, isn't it? No, because a, a glory hole doesn't have those bristles on it. That <laughs> that's, that's that's the that's why it's different. That's the kinky bit. Yeah. You can't get out once you're in. Mm-hmm. You can't get it back out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what do you mean, like Calvin? What are you on about? Is Letterbox like a Rotten Tomatoes type thing, or? No, it's, it's it's like an app. Um, it's a bit so you know, it's just like a social media thing, but for uh, oh, okay. movies and stuff. Uh, so you follow people and and stuff, and then you can see when people have uh put their little reviews. But there's no kind of like I think with Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and those kinds of things, there's a pressure to sort of write an essay basically. Whereas this is like you know, it can just be whatever. It can be like literally a tweet. You can just put out whatever you want. Um, anyway, Eurovision was the first thing I rated on there, and I rated it seven out of ten. Mm. Which 
I think is actually, I, I'm going to be re-watching it soon anyway, but I think this conversation <laughs> has, I, I, I am, I enjoyed it. I can see it going up in my estimations, though. Um, yeah, because, yeah, before I looked at that, I was ready to give it an eight, but I, my past self gave it a seven, <laughs> so we'll go with that. Wow. If we're holding up our screens to, to camera, uh, this is my, this is my- Are you an uh, Animal Crossing? Yeah, this is my Animal Crossing, uh, <laughs> Evil Dead cabin in Animal Crossing. Like, I've put the, there's, there's the deadite there coming out the, the, the floor, and if we go over here- Low time. See, this is the kitchen from Evil Dead. You see, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> I could take you. I could take you. I've got a Wicker Man on my island and everything. It's really good. I don't. Yeah. I've never <laughs> seen Animal Crossing. Is it like I don't, Sims, but like I don't know what it is. Know for children, it's not a even. Bit, yeah, but it's, I look. It's I, more I, like I can't Nintendo stop playing world. this game, and it's um, not even. I'm not even sure it's that good. Look, here's the basement. I've got a film projector there. You can't really see it. Do you have the blood running down the wall? Run a, down the Look, film there's a skeleton projector. in the corner. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, I don't get it. I don't even like Animal Crossing, but I've logged about 200 hours into this one. What 200 the hours? hell? <laughs> that's ridiculous. I, think... I got Pokemon last year and I've only done like 58 hours and that's a game I like. You're spending too much time on the toilet, so it's not going to do you any good. We're in a lockdown, <laughs> right? It's, you know... Hang on, was this... I was ex I was expecting this to segue into a review of Eurovision. I mean, I mean, no one wants a truncated thing that's purely about Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, do they? I'm trying to give everyone else a bit of something to <laughs> latch onto. Yes, everyone really wants to listen to your <laughs> Animal Crossing opinions. I think we should have done the Animal Crossing movies, to be honest. I think that would have gone. There were movies? Is that a thing? I, yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. There was an anime film in 2006, and they recently remade it, and I think it was just the same film again. Uh, I give you a revision 4 out of 10. All right. Alan, do you want to go um, next? Yeah, I mean, I think I understand that it's uh, for a, a particular audience. I quite like that people will make a major film for a, quite a niche audience. Niche is the whole of Europe. Niche. What I'm saying is this film is not made to please the palate of any audience. It's made for a Eurovision audience. That is a niche audience, no matter how big it is. Yes, it's big enough that they can justify doing it. That's fine. I, what I'm saying is I'm happy that they've done that. I'm perfectly okay with that. I do think the film, however, could have been a lot better. I think on a, just on a purely filmmaking level, it's not very good. Uh, and I gave it five out of ten. Emily, do you want to end on a high? A high high, actually, because you guys round up, don't you? So if I were to give it an 8.5, that would fundamentally make it a nine. So put that on your Excel documents, all. <laughs> do you want to hear uh, an anecdote about the director on set of of uh, Eurovision? Yeah. I think I've told you this before. Yeah, but give I us all yes. the dirt now. All the dirt. There was one bit where they're doing the scene with... Um, they were doing a, one of the songs and someone got lowered down on a wire. And so... That's the bit you're in, Alan. No, not that bit. It was a different one. And <laughs> so the stunt team, there's two blokes there with a, a rope and they're pulling it and letting it go to move her up and down, right? But they're just not getting the timing right. And they take a couple of takes at it and then the director comes storming over. He's like, come on, what the fuck do you need to be told, man? It goes down at this point when that comes in. And he's like shouting at them. So they're just like, whatever. But the stunt director, who is obviously, they're his guys. He like comes over, he's like, 
Look, what are you going to fucking talk to me like that, right? you got to tell us, what, do you want it to come down on the note or before the note so she's there? And like, they're going back and forth. And then the director storms off in a huff. And then the stunt director was just sort of wandering around for a good sort of 10 minutes with his guys just going, fucking talk to me like that. Little prick, I'll fucking knock his brains out. Man. He's fucking kick his fucking knee. <laughs> <Like. laughs> it was this very sort Jesus. of, you know, classic kind of LA director and like a cockney geezer going at it. <laughs> uh, so there was a bit of tension on set. <laughs> but it was, a, oh, it was interesting. a bit of a stressy set, but I think that's fairly normal. Like, it, yeah, people losing their rag and stuff, but uh, it was uh, yeah. pretty good energy. So I saw him doing scenes uh, on the stage. Basically, any scene on the stage, I saw them doing it. So I saw them improving the scenes. They do the scene several times, and Will Ferrell would throw out a slightly different line each time. It was None of them were funny. And uh, We saw him doing the stunt where they, they're in the hamster wheel, and he goes off, and she gets dragged into it. Um, hmm. And with that, the the stunt girl they had, obviously they had basically a rope attached to her and just pulled her so that she went flat onto her back and got dragged along. And they did it a few times, and one time she just whacked her head on the thing, and then she was she was crying and stuff like not kind of pain. It was she was in shock, and they just sort of whisked whisked her off. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was a nice health and safety one on that. <laughs> but she got paid for it, I guess. So. You want to be a star, kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So can I ask Calvin a question? You heard that Pierce Brosnan was filming in Iceland and went to catch him, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Uh, by happy coincidence, uh, I, I'm sure people who are regular listeners to this show might have already heard this story, but I was just in Iceland for my 30th birthday celebrations and was going to the Blue Lagoon Spa and Pierce Brosnan just happened to be there when was as, this? Uh, as I was. and Roughly? so. Uh, well, October. They would have been so filming was, in Iceland. Uh, yeah, maybe, October yeah. last year. I'm assuming that they must have they must have just finished filming because when I saw him, he still had his big bushy beard. And then later on, a few weeks later, I think his wife had put some stuff on her Instagram and he'd lost the beard, but he was still in Iceland. So I'm guessing they finished and then they were at the spa and then maybe he shaved and, and that. So I'm guessing that was his that was like yeah, post-filming treat. Did you talk to him? No. It's re- no, it, it's really lame. I was like, <laughs> well, I did because like when when you first go to the Blue Lagoon because it was my birthday, we paid for like the extra special How much package cost, thing that Colin? you can do. I'm not gonna say <laughs> it was my thirtieth birthday celebrations, um, but they have this like room and they uh, with like a bar area and they take you to. There's someone showing you around, saying you pick up your towels from here. This is the bar. This is where you go to get into the water and that kind of thing. And then as I was walking down, there was this whole like sort of line, like a booth of. Um, chairs and it was just like well that's an incredibly dapper looking older Icelandic man because he just looks like the older like 60 year olds there have these great like um, beards and all look very handsome and it's like god he looks just like Piers Brosnan he really looks like Piers Brosnan I think it is Piers Brosnan and then he sort of made eye contact with me and was obviously sort of looked away that looks like Calvin Dyson (laughs) And then me and my partner went into the changing room to get changed, and he was just very like sort of um, sort of like, oh, this is great, isn't it? Let's get changed and go and do the things. Um, and I was like, I think there's Pierce Brosnan out there, and he's not a Bond fan. He didn't give a shit, so it's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and then we went out, and then it was like, 
well, I, it, the guy had gone, so it was like, well, I guess I'll never know if it really was Pierce Brosnan or not. But then later on, when we were in the actual water in the Blue Lagoon, and it was just the two of us swimming around, we turned a corner, and all of a sudden, like, on the next level up from where we were, Pierce Brosnan was just there, shirtless, <laughs> like, <laughs> coming out of the water, like, doing his hair and everything, and it was like, oh, fuck, it's him. And then his wife was there as well, and for a while, we, we, we ended up going into their pool, and we were just sort of swimming around, his wife said hi, and then that was. Uh, Did that you was go sort and of sort it, of but... swim in the water just behind him to sort of feel his wake? <laughs> we were in the same area. Like, it was literally just the four of us in this area for, like, yeah, like, what, 15 minutes, something like that. Nice. It was, uh, yeah. And I couldn't pluck up the courage to say anything. I was trying to think of, like, his, like, lesser known passion <laughs> projects, like Evelyn, or a film that I'm nobody has fan. seen. So I could be like, oh, because he. he you could have just gone, definitely... excuse, excuse me, mate, are you the bloke out of Evelyn? You just look kind of familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like Tom Patton IT. Yeah, that's that's the film to bring up. That's adorable. Uh, it's hard when you meet your, um, no, I mean, the rule is never meet your heroes anyway. And then. Yeah, it was, like, Hugh has just said in the comments that he once met Tom Cruise, which I think is a, a quite a claim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, uh, and, and he's also said that it was physically painful. Which, yeah. He was a stuntman. So oh, I was going to say, he insists on doing them all for real, doesn't he? <laughs> Climbing up buildings and things. Oh, and Tom met Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as nice. well. Nice! cool. <laughs> Did ah. they know? We <laughs> 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 just, just sort of met them through a window. <laughs> the thing is with Pierce Brosnan, he definitely had, uh, yeah, it, you know, him and his wife were in, like, a separate part of, like, you know, we'd paid for the VIP package, but there was a VIP VIP <laughs> You're saying Pierce Brosnan snuck into the VIP area. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, like, a hatch because they give you these wristbands and we're like, yes, we, we can access everyone. We came across this little hatch in the water and we're like, of course we can go through here with our wristbands and then we couldn't. <laughs> and we were like, okay, well, whatever. And then later on, him and his wife... Well, they must have come out of it. We saw them going back into it, where I guess they the escaped to their private mm. place, where they didn't have to be near people like me gawking at them. <laughs> Calvin, yeah. just just roughly, how, you know, you you and uh, and your boyfriend—that's two people. What it costs for this holiday? Um, would it have been enough to have someone killed? I don't know how much yeah, it is to have someone it... killed. Alan, tell eight us grand. how much does it I, cost? Eight grand. <laughs> what kind of death is that? That's, that's a bit low. Grand. <laughs> yeah, I really. Oh, I'm not saying it would be done well, but I, actually, yeah. I how much was he going to pay that maybe. guy in Tiger King? How much? Because that was oh, not yeah. much. I remember thinking like, yeah, but that was they, America. Yeah, but he didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> he drove down to Florida and cried, didn't he? But in, in in Iceland, everything is very expensive, yeah, actually. Yeah, super expensive the, in Iceland. Yeah, it, it's like really sort of like, we were sort it's of like, like going to the hotel breakfast and stuffing our bags with, yeah, no, it's it's ridiculously expensive there. Well, Cal Calvin, how much would you pay to have someone killed? Because uh... <laughs> obviously you don't want you don't want to go low because you don't, you're not going to trust that it's getting them right. You know, it's got to be reassuringly expensive. Why are you asking me this? I think if I was going to actively get someone killed, I would do it myself. You want a job done, do it yourself. No. You know? Is that an honourable thing, or is that... Uh, yeah. Yes, my culture. It's you the just way I was brought it. up. You just enjoy doing it. Alright, well, well, how would you do it, then? How would I kill the someone? Old, the old ice bow and arrow. 
It's this Alan's new business pitch. Peter said, I like that. It's got me out the market. <laughs> you like slowly, slowly build up a tolerance to arsenic or some other poison it's over the course poison, of months. It's got to be poison, hasn't it? And Woman's then you put weapon. poison in the food, but you eat it as well. So you don't die. You've built up a tolerance. So it looks That's like someone poisoned thing. all of you and you didn't do it. So you're not a suspect because why would you eat poison? But they die. That That is actually a real thing, Sol. I don't know if you are just uh, sort of remembering <laughs> this because I remember us, well, maybe, maybe we didn't talk about it, but I did read an article that there was a lady who ended up poisoning her husband with arsenic. And apparently you can build up a resistance to that and eventually she ate the same meal as he did that eventually killed him. But she'd built up a resistance to it by eating a raw potato every day. <laughs> because apparently in raw potatoes, there is a level of arsenic. And it's not enough to kill is anyone. Is it worth but- it? It's not worth it, but surely to build build up a build up a resistance, you have to increase the potatoes each day. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> you have to by the by the time you're eating fourteen potatoes a day, you're safe. <laughs> hmm. How big does the potato have to be? Right, I, like, I I went to the toilet before. <laughs> all, right. all right, so I missed a few minutes there. But I do see that Tom Patton has commented on the chat. Americans get confused by fairy liquid. So what did I miss? <laughs> I don't know, no, that's not well, Tom's not there anymore, he can't clarify about. his comments. It uh, was that um, Americans are cheap, so they they don't know how, you know, the Tiger King killer was cheap, because okay. in comparison to what you would, for a good proper British uh, mm. assassination. Well, have we, have we done Eurovision there? I think that's... Yeah, I think that's yeah. wrapped. Okay, so, guess guess what's coming up? In the coming weeks, guys, it's really, really good. Did, did anyone crack Wow. The code? <laughs> wow. What? Shall I take over, Saul? I'm going <laughs> to... Let's see if we can add some dramatic flair to this that works a bit better. So you may What's or may here? have not noticed throughout the marketing over the last few weeks, there's been some drip drop of uh, trail. Did anyone... On, on the Twitter feed, specifically. There have been some brilliant cryptic tweets that uh, have been alluding to our upcoming slate of episodes. Why is this funny? I don't understand. It's funny because it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I went over this with Alan um, in in the recording that we've already done for next week, but uh, it's been continuing. Um, But yeah, you will notice that ignoring the last couple of tweets or so since I finished doing it, every tweet in order for the last... Few days has been has has contained a Christopher Nolan movie in uh, in there capitalized subtly. really really subtly yeah. <laughs> so Calvin, you might you might have uh, wondered why I likened you to Batman in that tweet saying you were going to be on our live episode before <laughs> it begins. <laughs> <laughs> Stepping out from the shadows like Batman, it's Calvin Dyson. Oh, I wondered what that was about. <laughs> Yeah, you thought Solid finally lost it. Too much Animal Crossing. Yeah, I, I just didn't question it. <laughs> it just yeah. seemed appropriate. It's probably some Electric Six song that I don't <laughs> know. Um, so yeah, the the next three weeks are going to be Christopher Nolan. That's that's what I'm getting to there. Which is you know, cool. How many? Three. Oh right, okay. We're doing we're doing a full on season. Is is full his entire career. Uh, and we're going to redo those Batman films that we did do in a, a very early episode, like episode nine or something. 
do mm. them properly. So come back next week for early Christopher Nolan, and then come back again for middle Christopher Nolan, <laughs> and then the last few Christopher Nolans. And it's all because Tenet's coming out in the cinema, but I don't think it's actually going to come out. Who the hell knows? We'll we'll have done these three episodes that tie into nothing. But that's That's fine. (laughs) Everyone loves a bit of Nolan. Chat of that. Has that Purge episode gone out yet? (laughs) Well, they're like, (laughs) worth discussing anyway. Yeah, uh, that's another thing, actually. Uh, Those of you on Patreon... Uh, there's a Purge episode coming soon that we recorded for for the main feed because we started watching them and then the film got delayed, the new Purge film. So you're probably going to have that like six months before it goes out on the main feed, <laughs> maybe early. I mean, who knows? So there you go. Fun, well, exciting things coming up in the While pipeline. we're here with everyone, shall we take some questions if anybody has anything or requests for films or whatever? Yeah, it's a live episode. We might as well. Open the floodgates. Does anyone want to come to my Animal Crossing island? <laughs> Does anyone want to go to Saul's Evil Dead? Come and come and join the Diminishing Returns after party on uh, on Summer Isle <laughs> in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, Barney wants to hear my thoughts on Community. Now she's been watching it. Whoa, wait, wait, I've... wait, wait, wait! I am, <laughs> go- I am on season five, of episode one. So don't go too. Ooh, oh, okay. I've not watched the Okay, we've been chatting about that off. off Although, to be honest with you, I I got to the end of season four a few weeks ago, and I've been busy with one or two other things, but I haven't been really compelled to go back to the well and watch more of it. Uh, well, yeah, but season five's when it all goes good again. So, but I have your... I have like worked my way through it. No, hang on, I've watched season five. I'm on to season six. Oh shit! You didn't like season five. It's not that I didn't like it, but I have just watched mm. the whole five seasons in a, over the course of a couple of months. I'm just like... Oh, boohoo, I did it in yeah, two weeks, whatever. Alan. Grow up. <laughs> I wasn't forced to do it. I, cho- <laughs> I chose to do it. And I just feel like I've had enough. I'm not desperate to go back to it. You are exactly exactly the kind of guy, Alan, who would think season six is the best season, even though it blatantly isn't. So Why is that then? <laughs> It's just season six is very aimless and like long, and they're not punching against any you know higher power. I think I think you'd be more into it. It's I'm a bit more like too loose. it's like watching <laughs> Grown Ups too. You like Grown Ups too, don't you? <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> um, I think I, I think it's just same as most things i've seen enough of it now i don't there's nothing new it's offering and i'm just like so i'm not bo- i'm not desperately rushing back to watch more episodes. yeah I, I had that the first time i went into season five the idea of you know what new could they possibly do at this point dot 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 says oh of course Sol, you've achieved everyone's uh waking dream and you completed the imdb top 250 films <laughs> Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched 250 films over the course of 30 years. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that big an achievement. Um, See, if I was going to do that, Saul, if I was going to do that that sort of thing, I would kind of, I would probably strike out any films from the last, say, six years or something. I, I would have that buffer zone of of like more recent films. I want a little bit of time to pass for for 
the the position to settle. You know what I mean? No, that's because the stuff from recent years is easy because I've already seen it. The the <laughs> stuff that was really hard was at, at like number two hundred forty seven, forty eight, forty nine, fifty. It's just Bollywood films, and they change every day. And they're oh my god, I I I found one Bollywood film I really liked. Uh, in the course of watching them all, there are a few where I thought, okay, that's. Did I you like Lagan? Yeah, it was better than most of them. It was I okay. Really enjoyed it. I didn't dislike it. It was still far too long and like they all why are. Is... It's what Bollywood is. Mm. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I have a gripe though. You didn't like Nausicaa. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind was in oh, your top. Oh, it's one of the like, worst films on the whole list. And you actually want to fuck off. Like, how dare you? Uh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's awful. Um, did you it's listen so to the bad. English cast? The dubbed cast? No. Okay, fine. But, like, just just putting it out there. The Studio Ghibli dubbed cast versions are often very good. And this one has Shia LaBeouf in it. I don't and it's do great. dubbing. I, I can't. I want the original actors. I'm Saul Harris. I don't do dubbing. I don't. <laughs> um, I, I really like PK. If if anyone here is remotely interested in Bollywood, I really like PK. It's the one that did it for me. It's about uh, an alien coming down to earth. It's a fish out of water comedy. It's still like two and a half hours long and got some stupid music bits in it. It's still very of Bollywood, but it it really surprised me how mature its approach to the romantic storyline and it was i i was really surprised with um where they went with it all so that's that's also, my recommendation you also dislike tokyo story which is a film i quite like i quite like yesterday yeah. you know, films in general but they are all mm. the same they're like exactly the same as that <laughs> one that, <laughs> the, the, the one film that you know i i really made an effort with the last batch of top 250 films on um you know, as part of this lockdown and there not being new films coming out. So the one film I watched in this period of time that really did it for me was a film called Harakiri from uh, 1962 or 63 or something, which is, uh, you know, classic samurai film, very in the in the mould of uh, Kiwasawa, but better than any Kiwasawa film I've ever seen. I, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, and it, it was one of those films where you watch it and you're like, oh, this is what Quentin Tarantino's been ripping off in every film he's ever made. <laughs> okay, right, I get it. Um, so I, I, I really recommend that. Excellent film, like phenomenal action sequences at the end, but, you know, this kind of slow mystery that you're trying to figure out the whole way through getting there. It's great. That's my my pick. <laughs> uh, Peter says, Sol, the first two episodes of Kingdom didn't do much for me. Should I continue? I am enjoying uh, iZombie, though. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like the first well, two episodes, I don't think there's anything in it for you. It's That's kind of what it... If I can speak for Grace, who was here earlier, I don't know if she's still here. She's still here. But, mm. She has recently watched the first episode of Kingdom on your recommendation, Sol, and she mm. said she absolutely loved it. Mm. So it's, uh, it's counterpoint. If, yeah, if if you love that kind of you know zombie action, I, I think it's great. But if you know if you want more plot, <laughs> then it's probably not the show for you. It's not. Um, Is yeah. Kingdom a zombie show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. South Korean samurai medieval zombies. South Korean samurai zombies. It's excellent, I think. But well, mm. season one was. Season two was a bit less good. Where do you watch it? What channel is it on? It's a Netflix original. Oh. Hmm. 
yeah. subtitled. Yeah. I mean, there might be a dub on there. I don't know. I I, I don't do dubs. Gavin. I don't do dubs either. You should know that. <laughs> um, it's it's very uh, it's very South Korean, for what that's worth. <laughs> Sorry. Um, in my defence, Studio Ghibli is really the only thing I do dubs for, and only sometimes when I'm doing other stuff and I have it on in the background. <laughs> Just gonna say. <laughs> I mean, I, I might have liked Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind if I was doing something else and had it on in the background, but I was watching it properly and that's why I hated it. <laughs> because nothing happened for two hours. And uh, I like that. I like all of a sudden nothing happens. I like mm. it. Like moving wallpaper sometimes. I like it. I feel now's a good time to wrap up. And yeah. a, well, thank and you everyone yes, for joining us you. for this. It was, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Yes, thank you ever so much, everybody. Join us next week for Chris Nolan. Yeah. One of three. I'm not going to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a big Christopher Nolan fan, are you, Calvin? You're kind of indifferent. Yeah, I'm agnostic. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Thought Interstellar yeah. was very dull. I don't think you're alone there. Um, are yeah. you going to be doing another live episode anytime soon, you guys? I We have no plans why not well, well, <laughs> well places are in lockdown and stuff i mean it, honestly this this came about because tenet got pushed back a week and we were like uh oh, we better push back that christopher nolan season a week what can we put in here we generally have things like scheduled in at a good three months in advance but yeah everything's been a bit up in the air at the moment yeah i mean you know we had we had a spongebob episode in the uh in the schedule and that got delayed into Scooby-Doo got, indefinite got oblivion. Yeah, Sco- we're going to do a Scooby-Doo two-parter. And All that's the ones that Alan didn't now, want cause... to do. <laughs> mm, I wonder why they got <laughs> pushed back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you all so much for coming and for yes, sticking around so late. Mm. Uh, yeah, thank you everyone. Much thank appreciated. You. Bye. So long. <laughs> Bye. My lovely horse running through the fields. Where are you going with your fetlocks blowing in the wind? I want to shower you with sugar lumps and ride you over fences. Polish your hooves every single day and send you to the horse dentist. My lovely horse, you're a pony no more. Running around with the man on your back, like a train in the night, like a train in the... Hold on, I can get this. Night!